Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So let me set the scene for you. The sun is absolutely splitting the sky. I'm sorry to mention it here in Catalonia. Headed to the Camp Nou, in fact, at the Camp Nou campus. Stop for a breather to talk to you. Um, before the presentation of Felipe Coutinho, um, it's going to happen in a variety of different situations here in this gigantic setting where there are tourists flooding around, but no families and kids because today's back to school day in Catalonia. So um, what's going to happen is Coutinho is going to be presented up in the Sala Roma which is their sort of Rome suite to celebrate their uh, Champions League that they won there, the treble in fact in 2009 it's a beautiful elegant presidential suite and we're going to get a first glimpse of him um, with the president um, after which it's down to the pitch um, something I first did I think with uh, the signing of Emmanuel Petit, it's interesting particularly if, uh, if you've never done this before you get to go out onto the pitch with all the cameramen and stand there right on the hallowed camp now as the player is presented um, I guess there'll be many people here, not as many as say uh, for Ronaldinho when I reckon there were 40,000 people and it was noisy and I remember Frank Rijkaard being absolutely stunned, the coach came out onto the pitch to look up at the stands to say, I've never seen anything like this at Milan um, and after his presentation there and probably the obligatory keepy-uppy it's then on down to um, the press conference for Coutinho who in my experience is not the most expansive of speakers uh, he'll be questioned no doubt and uh, the Barca board members who are there will be questioned about amounts and um, why did it take so long and uh, what was the relationship with Liverpool all that kind of stuff and Mostly we'll be left reading between the lines, I bet you, because that's the way of modern press conferences in general, unless Mourinho and Conte are involved. So that's what's going to be happening this morning, and that's what I'm going to be bringing to you. Welcome, big interview listeners, and a happy new year. On the other end of the line, we have live from Barcelona on a very big day for Football Club Barcelona, Graham Hunter. Hello, and happy new year to all of you as well. Graham Hunter's been a very busy man this morning. He has not been alone in spending time at the camp now. Only one of you there cost north of £140 million though, and it wasn't you, sir. Yeah, a strange day. Um, these big modern presentations bear... No relationship whatsoever to what used to be um, 
you know, player signs for new club turns up, uh, holds strip up in the air, holds scarf up in the air, uh, local photographers take a couple of snaps, uh, some desultory words in the 20 minute press conference, everybody goes on with life. That, that now this was a big sort of Barnum and Bailey uh, modern equivalent of a flea circus, whereby um, we were warned in advance um, that there would be what how many parts to it? There'd be the medical that we weren't allowed to go to, a signing ceremony in the presidential office that we weren't allowed to go to, but if you could dip into the FTP server, you could nick the images from Botswana freely and use them um, in your newspapers, magazines, online. Uh, television, Neil. Um, the, so that's part one, part two, medical signing ceremony. Part three was going to be this presentation in uh, the luxurious uh, Sala Roma that I mentioned in my intro. And that was going to be like, um, like the dog see the rabbit where the player and the president stand up on a stage and kind of wave to everybody. And there's a brief number of words, but it's your first camera images for those who've got very early deadlines. And the, the next part was to be on the pitch, um, with the uh, fans in the stand and and sponsors on the on the grass and all this kind of stuff, followed by about fifty minutes later. And and to be fair, the, there was Swiss timing today. It all kind of happened when it was supposed to. There was then going to be a half hour press conference where the media could ask the questions. And it bears no relation to the, the you know the first time I I ever had the wit to attend one of these um, at the camp. Now when I was on holiday, it would be you know a good. 17 years ago on holiday in Barcelona and happened to know that Emmanuel Petit was um, signing from Arsenal to um, Barcelona and that um, at night the um, you know the the negotiations were going on long long into the night um, where the Barcelona offices were lit up and you could sit in the parking uh, lot outside them and, and and watch as various executives flitted by the windows and Emmanuel Petit flitted by the windows. And I thought it'd be a good idea to go and buy a 25-pack of beer to keep the local journalists sustained while I taught them the words to he's fast, he's quick, his name's a porno flick, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Um, that move didn't go so well. I, I always wonder whether that Arsenal song following him to the camp now, that night that he was signing his papers, had any amount of jinxing. But... You know, the next day there was an on-pitch ceremony and a press conference, but it was much briefer. There were far fewer people in the stadium. There were far fewer, fewer journalists there. Um, while Emmanuel Petit was keeping the ball up, Jerome Anderson, his agent, went across to the, one of the, the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, Teddy Sheringham, north goal of the camp now, to take a penalty against one of his employees. Forgot he was wearing flat sort of hush puppy shoes and fell on his arse as he took the penalty, which I found hugely amusing. And then the Ronaldinho one, um, subsequently, whenever that was, 2003, again, as a journalist, I was on the pitch this time and, and standing next to Frank Rijkaard, watching him, watching, I mean, even that a manager turned out to see this um, was a marker of, of what a much bigger spectacle it had become. But standing right next to Frank Rijkaard and chatting to him and watching him watch the crowd and say, bloody hell, I've never seen anything like this at the San Siro or Ajax. This is stunning. Um, even from that to this, uh, when Coutinho is presented, you know, there's been a gigantic emphasis on marketing. There's been, this was um, a gigantic spectacle. And the reason that I had to get across town um, early and be there is that there were 101 different media um, outfits accredited for the event. Um, 161 journalists plus sponsors, plus family of the agent, plus family of the player, 
and 43 different um, nationalities um, at the camp now to, to cover the Brazilian joining the Catalan club from the English club and, and you know, moving to Spain. So it was an international event and uh, I got there early to try and make sure that I had my accreditation, that I got the right position to watch the day unfold. We're going to be breaking down exactly what the transfer means and a bit more about how it went down in our next podcast. This one, we're really just looking at what happened today, this sort of spectacle um, behind it all. You mentioned that connection with Ronaldinho, which is really interesting. I wonder if we even know at this point the exact scope of his legacy. It's a really nice phrase that you use about scope and legacy because... You you remind me of you know I detailed the, the the fact that I stood there with the Ronaldinho thing and and Coutinho said today that he was directly inspired um, by Ronaldinho um, that when he was a kid back in Brazil still wondering whether he had anything like the same skills as Ronaldinho I'm probably still wondering if he was genuinely going to make it as a professional footballer himself he he said today that he he sat at home and watched Ronaldinho take the camp now and then take. Barcelona then take Spanish football by storm and eventually take the world by storm world player in in 2005-6 as they win the Champions League and and you know a happy footballer a footballer that made people fall back in love with the game and you've reminded me when you talk about those kind of reverberations and whether we'll continue to see that for some time to come um back in those days when um Ronaldinho was joining Again, there was a car park scene, just like with Emmanuel Petit. And you can see it in that wonderful um, film that's made um, of... And they fluke it, you know, they make this documentary film. I think it goes on to win uh, the Montreux Rose for Best Documentary of the Year. And um, effectively, they say to the incoming Barca board, let us chronicle what happens. Let us be a fly on the wall. It's very good. And you can just see a denim a denim jacketed me, a denim jacket, um sort of knocking on the window for Ansoriano's car. As as the cameras are following Ronaldinho out of the um, offices late at night, as he's signed, just a la Emmanuel Petit, it doesn't happen like that now. It continues all been done in five-star hotels in another country and done by lawyers and faxes. It's not all negotiated, thrashed out in the last night. Um, and as Ronaldinho's leaving and the cameras are, are tracking and they catch me talking to Ferran Soriano, who's the vice president at that time of Football Club Boston, saying, listen, can we talk about this? Will you give me a, a chat and interview? And him, him going, yeah, sure, why not? Change days, better days. And and the words he used to me, um, he, he was common, he was known really for two phrases at that stage, uh, Ferran Soriano, who's now, what, MD, chief executive, um, Manchester City, and therefore very successful currently. Um, he talked about a virtuous cycle and a vicious cycle. He talked about the virtuous cycle. They wanted to haul the moribund club that Barcelona was, he and and Mark Ingla and Juan Laporta and the ill-fated doesn't cover the... the I don't like Santo Rosé, um, him or anything he stands for, but he was one of the vice presidents in those days too. And they wanted to drag the club forward economically, in social terms, in marketing terms, and in football terms, above all. And Soriano was like, we're in a slump, we're in a vicious cycle, we want to turn it into a virtuous cycle. And what you do is, you you sign players, which, you know, um, inspire the club, and win trophies, and bring sponsors, and make people fall in love with Football Club Barcelona. And the virtuous cycle starts to chug the other way. If you think about uh, cogs and wheels on a Swiss watch, one wheel's going in one direction, the other wheel's going in the other direction, 
this was moving away from the moribund vicious cycle because, second phrase, Ferran called Ronaldinho their rock and roll signing, Neil. And, and by which it, it, it could have sounded like just some glib LA nonsense. But maybe thinking back um, 14 years, maybe it did to me um, when he first explained his view about the deal in a non-football sense to me. But he called it the rock and roll signing because he wanted it to be the clang of a guitar that echoed across the world that people went, wow, look at that. Look at how um, they got this guy. They beat Manchester United for him. He's thrilling to watch. He plays with a smile on his face. He makes it worth, and, and this is a link again to today, he makes it worth going back to the camp now. This was the theory behind it. And Rijkaard had inherited a, a side which was, you know, gathering what anything from... 52, 53,000 to 62, 63,000 for average games to the camp now. And and over the years, that the, the average went up to high 80,000s under the best of Frank Reichard and the best of Pep Guardiola and, and often 90s. Guess what the um, attendance was for Barca Levante on the day that Coutinho's signing was made totally formal? It was about 55,000 people on a Sunday at a time of day in the middle of the afternoon when... Really, Barcelona is not a 99,000 crowd, but it's, it really honestly should have been higher than 80,000, given that you're watching Messi and Suarez together. Andres Iniesta is in the latter years of his career. If you're a Barca fan, you should have been there, and they weren't. So that rock and roll signing, that impact, the reverberations from an exciting, a newly exciting camp now with a brilliant Ronaldinho, who then was an inheritor of the Romario and uh, Ronaldo tradition, there was a little kid sitting at home, um, Coutinho, watching that and going, oh, baby, one day, one day me. And, and here he is. And, and your, your point was, until when will those Ronaldinho reverberations keep going and inspiring people don't know. But for sure, there, I mean, there'll be some kid at home in Brazil or maybe in Scunthorpe or Falkirk looking at Coutinho and going, Wow, Coutinho and Messi, Coutinho and Iniesta. I'm inspired. I want a piece of that because sometimes that's how football works. And that's certainly a part of why we went through that huge marketing farrago today because it isn't simply about impact with passes and beating defenders and goals and trophies. It's about illusion. It's about dream. It's about, you know, the fun of the funfair. So that was one point of inspiration that Coutinho mentioned today, Ronaldinho. And then the other name that seemed to get most excited, we're going to hear a little bit of the clip coming up right now, was one of the current players. You're right, uh, Neil. And I really like the way you've set that up. I don't know if you were watching it live. You certainly weren't, weren't there with me. He's actually, if my memory serves me, he's speaking in Spanish. Although he often spoke in Portuguese during the day, a little bit of English. But when he was asked about um, the link with Suarez. There were a couple of interesting things that we'll talk about later. When he talked about Messi, he was hugely respectful and I think a little bit excited too. But when Iniesta, which is who he's going to speak about now, the clip we're going to hear, when he came up, there was reverence in his voice and he immediately said, he's a genius. And that also, for me, is a great honor to be able to live with him, learn from him. positions, I... Lo que más me gusta es estar ahí con el grupo, poder jugar. Eh, esto es una cuestión del de, de entrenador, como prefiere, como quiere el equipo. Eh, lo que hago yo es trabajar siempre muy duro, muy fuerte para que esté a disposición y hacer bien cuando esté en el campo. 
And what you heard him saying in that clip was that I'm here to learn. Now, I like that, Neil. When you're Barcelona's most expensive player ever and the currently until Mbappe deal is sorted out, the, the second most expensive footballer ever, I don't think you always expect that athlete to say, I'm here to learn. And then to delineate a footballer, and it's not Messi, and, and, and it's not Busquets, it's, or, or, or Dembele or Suarez, it's, it's Iniesta. That will go down well. He's captain. He's a legend here. And um, Coutinho also in that clip said, look, I'll I'll play where I'm told to. And it wasn't just, I'm a utility player, I'm at the boss's disposition. He said, I'll play left midfield, I'll play right midfield, I'll play up front if I'm told to. My goal is has always been, and what's made me, is to be fit, to be ready, to go where I'm asked to. And, and it and it backs up, Neil, because for Tiche in the, in the Brazil team, he plays right midfield, predominant left midfield for Liverpool, and clearly he can play 10, and he has goal-scoring ability too. But for a guy who's right-footed, he's quite happy, as is Iniesta. You know, they're not identicates, but they're similar. Anyway, we're going to talk about that, as you pointed out, on Wednesday. We're going to look at the footballing side of this, the implications for Barca and for Liverpool and for Coutinho and for Brazil. But that answer was him saying, I'm ready to be what the team needs me to be. And while I'm here, boy, I'm going to learn from Iniesta. I wonder if this is going to be a good time to go to Xavi Riera then, because he basically talks about being a medium-term Iniesta replacement, that that is the sort of the the kind of 30,000 feet view of this transfer. Yeah, you're spot on. Ch- you, Xavi's, uh, Xavi Riera is a really well-renowned um, football analyst. He's a good guy. I've worked with him for years on television. What you're about here is his view of why the deal is happening and also standing back from the day and not looking at the razzmatazz, but trying to think through about how this is going to work. Xavi, you know what's expected of a footballer at Football Club Barcelona. Tell me why you think that Coutinho is or is not the right guy. Forget about the price. Just tell me about the footballer. Right decision, wrong decision. Okay. I think it's a good decision because Barcelona have think in the future. Okay? Because Barcelona is thinking about the future with Iniesta. Iniesta is an amazing player, but he cannot play his best He's 33 now, right? Already. Yes, yes, exactly. So that that's it. So maybe Iniesta is uh, quite perfect for one, uh, maximum two years. So Coutinho, it's a, uh, it's an important uh, piece of this uh, cheese called football. So I think Coutinho, it's an uh, important player for Barcelona for the next uh, uh, five years, of course. But uh, maybe not for this season. But yeah, uh, at the beginning of the next season, it's very important. What do you imagine about his connection with Suarez? Messi Dembele yeah uh, they know each other uh, in Liverpool they play very well I think the connection between Coutinho and Messi could be amazing and I think as well uh, Suarez needs someone to to, to, um, to give him supply y- yes to give it supply and to, to uh, uh, I don't know how to say it to, in Espanol yes uh, uh, with Suarez and the midfire need to be very closer so uh, Coutinho the need, the need the midfield needs to be tight behind Suarez yes, and making yes. spaces, making a, passes for This him. is the perfect connection between the midfielders and uh, Luis Suarez, Coutinho. So, in resume, you, you're going to enjoy yourself, maybe? Yes, I, I think. I think we, uh, all the coolest uh, will enjoy Coutinho a lot. Enjoy talking to you. Thanks, man. Okay, thank you.
Yeah, Xavi Riera, Neil, was optimistic. And I think, speaking not out and out like a fan with a typewriter, but speaking as somebody who sort of passionately cares about Football Club Barcelona and has seen magicians um, come and add to this squad and has understood the need for, you know, things. I think it's easy to be uh, naive about Andres Iniesta, given that this has been one of his most powerful seasons where he's starting games more regularly, when he's playing well, when he's pairing with Busquets brilliantly, when the midfield's not being dragged about because the midfield now is overpopulated by Valverde's tactics and where there's, what, a 16-point lead on Madrid. It's easy to look at Iniesta and forget that a few months ago people were looking at him and seeing the creaks and seeing the date of birth. He's 34 um, in, I guess, the summer, halfway through 2018 at least, and um, he started only 71 of the last 131 uh, La Liga matches. So the current upsurge in, in appearance rate um, is unusual, given the last two, three seasons, and will go down again. And therefore, Xavi was talking about a future where, let me introduce you now to Pippo Ricci, who you're going to hear from an Italian journalist based in Spain, working for Gazzetta. Very good, very high quality, very astute. But Neil, he had quite a different view of what might happen or the challenge facing this new signing. Okay, um, as we compose the big inside view, I'm with Filippo Ricci um, from Caceta, who's seen and learned more about Spanish football than I'll ever know. <laughs> Filippo, why is Coutinho at the camp now? Why have Barcelona signed Filippo Coutinho? Because they, the player wanted to come, as Klopp said, and uh, I think uh, it's an improvement for the squad. If we can say something about this uh, team, is that possibly the bench wasn't uh, that uh, deep, they didn't have so much... Uh, apart from the first team, I think now they have uh, even too much because uh, if you think that uh, there are six shirts between uh, three are taken by Busquets, Messi and Suarez and there are three, four... He's a bench player for you? No, but uh, there are just three shirts for Iniesta, Coutinho, Rakitic, Paulinho and Dembele. Then from what you've seen of Coutinho, when he plays in top form, you don't have to pick the 11, I'm giving you the 11. Let's say these days he's in the 11. Does he have the right things, brain, touch, vision, for Barca or not? Uh, yes, but uh, everything has to be proved. Uh, Coutinho has won nothing. He has won a Coppa Italia and a Serie B in Brazil. So now you, you can pay... You know, he comes here and, I don't know, supposedly he has to um, come in for Iniesta. Iniesta has won, uh, what, 30 or 33 titles. You know, he's won two. And this is a, you know, you have, always have to see what uh, a player can achieve in a new team, a new environment and everything. I think he's a, he's a very good player, but they paid far, far too much. Um, and uh, we love to see how he adapts. Paulinho uh, was a great acquisition, was perfect for, for Barca, despite what the people here was, uh, were thinking. I, I think he can, uh, yeah, he can really succeed, but uh, the price is very high. And the style of play, uh, the expectation is enormous. So thank God it's not our money. So from Phil Ricci to Phil Coutinho, the battle of the Phil's Coutinho, the pressure is on. Grazie, people. <laughs> 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, so, okay, so we're getting an idea of this transfer in footballing terms and maybe in business terms for FC Barcelona there. And I think you've already given us um, a little bit of the pomp of the day. What won't we see on those little TV packages that we see on Sky Sports News today? What went on away from the camera? Yeah, you're touching on the theme now that used to be so great about when when you're a reporter from a newspaper and you get sent somewhere, you're happy because things happen. Now, I'm not talking about earth-shattering stuff here. Um, but, for example, when you go to this big corporate thing, it's very much a white bread and spam, not um, beautiful braised lamb and, and lovely freshly toasted home-baked brown bread. It's kind of processed and formulaic until certain things happen. So I'd already mentioned that the start of the day was up in Salaroma, which is a kind of quite plush, almost sumptuous suite in the Camp Now presidential suite, where, in fact, it's very nice when pre-Christmas the president has the media in for his, you know, thanks for being there, fellas, uh, address just before Christmas. And admittedly, there are a cup or two of cava and couple of canopies but it wasn't cover canopies it was continue today so the set was built um in this suite and the set's built a little bit a tiny version of hollywood and it looks very nice up front it's a backdrop that's got continue on it and nike and blah 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 and it'll stage for all the snappers and the cameraman to be standing up a little bit elevated to be looking down on uh, president bartomeo and coutinho and it's well enough put together the, the, the kind of this technical stage for everybody to stand on and we the you know the onlookers just to stand beside. But if you look behind the stage, I love this. I just I'll have a little kick in there, see what there is. And there's a beautiful silver replica of the European Cup. And and I can't because I've because I've filmed with the European Cup so often, I can't remember whether UEFA, as well as giving you the the European Cup um for a year, gives you the replica or whether you go and make it shop, but they all look absolutely beautiful and identical. So there's this thing that they're all, that the whole Coutinho thing's meant for, even though he's 
barred from the Champions League this year because he played for Liverpool in the group stage against Sevilla and so on and so forth. Um, the idea for Barcelona, even above winning La Liga, is to, is to be champions of Europe, to try and close the distance between them and Real Madrid. It's where the money is. It's about the money, stupid. Um, and therefore, Coutinho is not the end, but, you know, the road towards the end. The end goal is winning the European Cup. But the European Cup, somebody in the set design department has just come in and thought, well, what's this European Cup doing lying around? It's in the way. We'll hide it behind the, the backdrop on the kind of, like you see in Hollywood, when you see a, you know, a piece of scenery, and you look behind it and it looks real in the front. Behind it, there's all the strats and splices and wooden bars and somebody's just taken the European Cup and clunked it there and hidden it away. And I thought, there's an image there. There's a metaphor for something. Forgetting about the real object. Anyway, who knows? It made me smile. It made me smile. Downstairs on the pitch, um, you know, it's 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 just a nice uh, piece of action to watch in that I go back to my theme that what used to happen was club by striker, striker turns up, striker holds scarf in the air, you know, 15 minutes of questions and it's on with business. In this instance, particularly with South American footballers, I think, who who kind of feel that if you're being transferred for 140 million euros and you're going to be paid 10 million euros a season, maybe 11, um, then it's it's not only life-changing, but it changes the life of everybody around you. So what we saw was, it was a little bit like the scene of the March of the Siamese Children and the King and I, when various relatives and children surrounding the representative, Keir Jarabchin, um, traipsed out. Um, up the camp now, uh, steps onto the pitch from the dressing room area, followed by, um, in due course, any number of, I don't know whether they're brothers, brothers-in-law, sisters, aunts, uncles, parents, or, or whoever it is. They're, they're, the Coutinho clan are there in force. And that's quite nice to see. I, I've, I've nothing against that. The fact that it used to be just a striker turns up, <laughs> signs in a dotted line, waves at the local reporters and, and buggers off has now become, you know, a big social drama. And that's okay when so much money is in play uh, and everybody wants, everybody wants a taste of the camp now, even if you're related to a famous footballer. That's fine. There's one little funny moment because all the kids, one's a baby in arms, sound asleep. Um, all the kids behave themselves. They were all wearing anoraks. It was chilly. It was brisk for Barcelona. Uh, all of them have got um, Coutinho Barca jerseys over the anoraks uh, with the name branded on the back. And everything's going fine. And umpteen kids come up the stairs and sit in their place in the dugout, the Barca home dugout. Until one guy, one, he would have been about seven or eight, maybe um, dark haired, wearing great big Elvis Costello specs and having none of it, dressed like the rest of his brethren, anorak, hood, but Barca top over, ran away from what looked like a granny. The age gap looked like a granny, young granny, and, and ran up the steps and stomped around in, on, in the grass in front of all the photographers as if to say, this is my show, I'm not waiting. And she's yelling, I've got back here and chases up after him and he makes a... A, a dart to try and get away. She gets him by the arm, gives him a clip on the ear. His petted lip, lip wobbles and then he falls into place. I like that. And by the time Coutinho comes out and does his ball juggling and the crowd are urged to shout, Coutinho, Coutinho, and the Barca himno, the anthem is played, 
by the side, it's just my little ironics of sour view of life. By the side, the sponsor, let's call them, they're, they're Audi, has got on the side of the pitch, driven on the side of the pitch, which is a rare enough thing to see, one of these four by four, hugely expensive kind of, they're not Jeeps, but you know what I'm talking about, black. Every player gets one. They've got one set aside for Coutinho. And the sponsor's kind of hopping from foot to foot until the whole Barca thing is done so that Coutinho can be dragged over to the right of the um, the tunnel on the side of the pitch and be presented with his car and made to stand there with the door half open. You know you know that you know, driver just got out of the uh, driver's seat kind of shot and, and Audi trying to get their moment in the sun. And you're watching it and you're thinking, yeah, just like in football, second is nowhere, close but no cigar. That isn't the shot that's going to be making the newspapers or the internet anywhere around the world tomorrow. It's going to be about the press conference or it's going to be about waving to the crowd or him and Bartomeu, the president, holding up the shirt for the first time, playing keepy-uppy, and then, uh, you know, we don't need a shot with a car. Um, so that made me smile. But when we went to the press conference... Um, there were again little moments of uh, brightness in this in this uh, corporate mush. Uh, one was as as all the family come out and sit in the front row. One, his wife, uh, continuous wife and, and daughter, very young daughter, right in front of me. Um, I, I didn't position myself. They 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 sat in front of me, and. Um, as Coutinho eventually comes out then, the little girl, who obviously hasn't been quite aware of what's going on and doesn't know why she's been separated from her father, Dad! Daddy! And he gives her a little friendly wave. And uh, that felt kind of cute. Um, sorry if that smashes up my cynical Scottish uh, reputation. And and then there's, there's there's a moment when the vice president, Jordi Mestre, who's presenting the player in the press conference, decides that the way to, to make this rock and roll, to make this sexy, Neil, to... to <laughs> to try and capture the emotion of spending all this money on this brilliant footballer starts in a kind of Wikipedia way. Philip Coutinho began his career with, and you're like, no, mate, no, mate, you've got that wrong. And after a very short exposition, wherever he's going, what? what I, and he's not even talking properly to the mic. It's not even reaching the back of the room. He goes, but we've got a, we've got a video to show the excellence of our new guy. And you think, oh, for that, that's fantastic. That's what you should be doing. And he presses the button. Of course, nothing happens. Now, that's okay. We're all used to the technological world where things don't happen immediately all the time. And they press the button again and again and again. And it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And then... Um, eventually what, what the next thing that that goes on is like it begins to show some action some match action from Coutinho with Coutinho having to turn around and crane his neck to the huge screen that's above and behind him because there aren't screens all over the place but there's no sound so it's like that little part of spitting images where um John Major and Norma are at home you can hear the ticking of the clock they're both totally gray faces clothes hair gray and um <laughs> they're picking up a plate of peas and yes dear this is very nice and all that so there's no sound the, the the images of the football are not doing enough justice to the excitement of the affair and um look all in all um by the end when journalists were told say your name say your media and, and you've got one question each of course as soon as the the first maverick gets the mic uh, he's, he's like, I'm Alfredo Martinez from whatever radio. And he asks three questions. And you see the master of ceremonies going, it's only one question. Somebody take the mic off him. And there's a sort of thud as, uh, you know, way at the back of the room, you can hear somebody tackling Alfredo Martinez and remo forcibly removing the mic from him. So 
maybe that hasn't made any of us, any any of the rest of you laugh, but it did make me laugh, Neil. Okay, you mentioned the press conference and the questions there, and you also spoke earlier about the, the scope of an event like this and the many nationalities uh, which attend. Uh, we're going to play a couple of questions now that kind of reflect the impact that this transfer has had in England. And it's at Liverpool where he, he's left something of an impression which kind of talks to the questions that um, the two journalists were about to hear from asked, which isn't about what's ahead of um, Coutinho at Barcelona. It's very much about what he's left behind. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there were there were French, there were Brazilian, there were Uruguayans who spoke. B. Jensen was there, Sid Lowe was there, I was there. I think I was the only Scot. Um, but, you know, you're going to hear uh, Neil Ashton of Sky asking about the, asking Coutinho, did it embarrass him the way that, Nike made a mistake by announcing him as a Barca player several days ahead of when the deal was formally even agreed, never mind rubber stamped. And you're going to hear Gary Cottrell as well talking about the, you know, does Coutinho have a message for the Liverpool fans talking about how how he left things, the player, with Jurgen Klopp? Can I just ask, um, firstly, your conversation, your last conversation with Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, how that was? And secondly, um, when the pictures were released of, of the Nike shirt, the Barcelona shirt, with your name on it um, at the start of the year, did that cause you any problems? Did that cause you any issues? Of course. <laughs> Hello, uh, Gary from Sky Sports. Um, I know you've uh, paid tribute to the Liverpool and the fans in Spanish. I know you're going to say anything to the Liverpool fans in English, please. I just would like to, to thank you, uh, all the fans, all the, all the staff, all the players, for, for the years I lived here. And, uh, for sure, I gave, I gave everything. So Coutinho seems to have handled all that reasonably well in the kind of corporate and conventional mode which was expected of him on a day like today. Did he say anything that made your ears prick up? You know, did he say anything that excited you that you weren't expecting? Yeah, I don't mind making the admission, Neil, that, you know, as, as a reporter and as a neutral who appreciates football, I was expecting Coutinho to play a little bit more scintillatingly than he spoke. I'm not being critical of him in that I'm not saying he's a dull man, but some of the context is that one, he's admitted that he hasn't slept very much over the last several days because of the stress and the excitement and the you know, the pressure on him as a family man with everybody gathered around him, what's happening. And and there being, as there are in, in all transfers, whether minor or mega, um, a hiatus period where things aren't quite happening as quickly or there's maybe a little problem to get over. And today, I would say as a witness to, you know, the, the, the parts that haven't been televised, he looked occasionally a little bit, so dazed and a little bit, um, if not overwhelmed, um, certainly keen for the razzmatazz to finish so that he could get on, first of all, with, with getting fit. Because I mentioned that the, the medical began at 
8.30, but he was in the stadium long before that medical to be ready for it, um, to warm up for it, which was a smart piece of business. The communication for his, his medical status came through uh, about um, half an hour before the whole um, public relations side of it started, and it said he's out for 20 days. Um, now, that means it's Barca being clear he ain't playing in the cup against Celta this week in the return leg, game balanced 1-1 from Balaidos. Um, I suppose if Barca were to go out, there's another trophy that uh, Coutinho can't compete for given that he's ineligible for the Champions League. But, um, you know, he, he's, he looked a guy who was aware that these were his responsibilities. He was friendly and smiley at great stages, but he, he wasn't sensationally... Um, electric and buzzing with excitement. But he did say one or two things, and one of them um, was that, you know, he confirmed what Jordi Mestre, the sporting vice president, said, where Mestre explained on the press conference podium that the the deal was cheaper now than it was in summer. And he hinted that, although by his own words, we've made a deal with Liverpool that we are bound not to release figures, he hinted that it had been Liverpool who'd made a sacrifice. Now, he also said, and thank you to you, Felipe, for the economic sacrifice you made. There's a story running in Mundo Deportivo, who led the way on this uh, tale um, in recent weeks. Their their story, Neil, has been that Coutinho has been willing to invest 10 million euros of his own in the deal. Now, that won't all be hard cash. That'll be dropping his salary. That'll be a, a kind of gross accumulated figure. It'll be a drop in his own salary. It'll be a drop in signing ons. It'll be a drop in the agent's commission. Um, it'll be a drop in something that Liverpool owed him if he left early, etc., etc., etc. I'm. I would bet you that not a great deal of hard cash has gone from, you know, Banco Coutinho to Banco Barcelona, but it has meant that there's a 10 million change in the deal which other people have been able to sacrifice in order for Barcelona to say, I guess, truthfully, we've had to, our outlay is less now than it would have been in the summer. Um, I I think it's also clear, uh, Coutinho said thanks to Liverpool for, you know, being good on your promise. And, And the implication directly there is that when he actively wanted away in the summer, and Liverpool, one, weren't entertaining bids, and two, didn't see anything like the right money from Football Club Barcelona. The deal was to Coutinho, um, not now, son, but if you play your part, backing harmonies, bass, drums, in the Fab Four, you know, uh, with Sané and with Firmino and with Salah from August until December, then if the money's right, we'll play ball with you. And I think he's saying thank you for Klopp um, authoring that and the Fenway Sports Group backing it up, being good to their promise. These these two things were were relatively interesting, and so was the little giveaway that um, you know, I don't know what tapping up really means anymore because there are certain rules that everybody knows are not followed about who can speak to whom um, when a player is under contract, and just like Atletico Madrid recently wrapped Barca over the knuckles for the guy they'd like to spend a hundred million on. Um, in June, and and, and probably will, um, Atleti said, hands off our player, show us some respect. Uh, 
Coutinho said today that, yeah, he's been bombarded with, with players from Barca phoning him to say, come on board, or um, it's great over here, and he's phoned Neymar to ask about it. But he also said that Luis Suarez is his friend, not just an ex-teammate, and Suarez found a house which happens to be next to me and Messi, not me, Suarez. So it's a three-in-a-row deal where it's now um, Coutinho, uh, Suarez, and Messi as direct neighbours out near the coast about... 15 minutes on the coast, 15 minutes south of Barcelona. And, you know, Suarez was putting down his own money and guaranteeing the house that nobody else could get it. While um, Coutinho was nowhere like uh, confirmed, nowhere near being confirmed as a Barca player. So how does that look in retrospect as far as the rules concerned? It looks crap. How how did it tell today in terms of little anecdote? Quite nicely. There were one or two smiles. There were one or two interesting things. But I go back to my theme, Neil. When he starts playing, it'll all be a lot more exciting, I think. And that's about that for a very busy day at Football Club Barcelona. But we're going to do another podcast on Wednesday of this week. We're going to we're going to dig deep into what this means for Barcelona in football terms and maybe even business terms. That's going to come your way on Thursday morning. Which means you have about 48 hours to become a socio of The Big Interview because only socios will get to listen to that episode. Yeah, so for the Thursday podcast, can we talk about the football side, Neil? Can we talk about the, the sporting implications for Barca, for Busquets, for Dembele, for Iniesta, for Coutinho, Suarez Messi, for Real Madrid, for Liverpool um, too? And for those who sign up and become socios, and for you lovely existing socios, I'll tell you um, what Fenway Sports Group specifically said to the Liverpool staff about their work around Coutinho, when they bought him, how they developed him, and right now. I'll be able to tell you that exclusively on our big Inside View podcast for socios only out on Thursday morning. To become a socio and get about eight hours every month of exclusive content ad-free, go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. But for now, thank you very much for listening to this free episode. And thank you, Graham. For the moment, from me, from Barcelona, after a long day at the camp now. Adios. Hasta luego.